The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guests, and callers. And now, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome back to the second half of Patricia Raskin Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. And now we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to talk about success in business using principles of a, a very famous uh, leader. My guest is it, it, my guest is Rear Admiral Dave Oliver, retired. He's a graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy who spent 32 years in the Navy, served at sea on board diesel, electric, and nuclear submarines, commanded a nuclear submarine, and served as Chief of Staff of the Seventh Fleet. His diverse career has included extensive experience in government and industry as well as in the military. And his final military tour was principal duty on a civilian Navy acquisition. During the Clinton administration, he was principal deputy undersecretary for the defense of acquisition, technology, and logistics. And he was also in the Bush administration as well and has just so much to say about the person he's writing about. And his brand new book, which I think is so interesting, is called Against the Tide. And it's about... Rick Over's leadership principles and the rise of the nuclear of the nuclear navy. And Against the Tide is a book of Rick Over's leadership and management style by Rear Admiral Dave Oliver, who served under Rick Over during much of his thirty year career in the Navy. And he's going to really talk about his achievements and what he can teach us about business and about being a good leader. Welcome, Dave. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, wow. What an, what an extensive background you have. You've really, um, and, 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 and being the commander of a submarine, I think you could tell us your own uh, leadership principles as well as Rick. Well, it was all, it was all great fun. And, and of course, you know, it was great opportunities. And, and each time you learn something and you learn something about working with people. Yes. Why did you pick Hyman Rickover? Why did you decide to write a book using his principles. Hyman Rickover was one of the two most influential people in my life, and and I knew him well, and I thought he probably influenced uh, the United States more than than practically any of us recognize. Uh, he he really he influenced everything significantly, and yet he died before the Cold War was over, and there was so much secrecy during the Cold War that people do not, re- about submarines and about uh, how important they were. And, and so no one realized uh, just how important his management principles and how important they were to the success the United States achieved during the Cold War. Yeah. Um, there are th- in your book, you talk about three major observations 
from watching and studying and learning from Rick over and working with him. Hard work and focus can succeed for anyone. Now, I've got a question about that. What if you work hard and you focus hard, but you don't get the opportunity? Well, the interesting thing, I think, uh, particularly with respect to Rick over, was... As, as you know from reading the book, is he, he really had, was not successful. Uh, he had really not had success by the time he was uh, almost through his naval career. Uh, he had worked very, very hard, and yet he had not been successful. And yet, all of a sudden, the country needed him. And, mm-hmm. and yet, he, and he had worked, and when the country needed him, when, when President Eisenhower needed him, when President Truman needed him, he was ready and then he became a household name. Um, half, half uh, eight years after he had nobody working for him and essentially had, had been uh, non-successful as a naval officer, his, page, his picture was on the front page, on the front of cover of Time magazine. Hmm. And all of this was because he had worked hard and prepared himself mm-hmm. all his life. Mm. Yeah, I... I, I... A lot of leaders have said it's the it's the small things you do every single day that make the difference. You just have to keep and, doing those things. And, and I think that's true. I mean, every every leader I've worked for who has been really good, it's it's those things. And you can't in the end, when success comes, you can't point to one of those and say that was yeah. what got us here. It was it was all of those put together. The next thing you say is that humans can, can manage process control as well as continuous change at the same time. What, now, what do you mean by that? Uh, I mean, different companies I work for worry about whether or not they can do the routine things and also uh, make the, the uh, change to uh, a new model of, for example, a, a new uh, whatever the next model is that you have to be introducing. Right. And they worry about that. And the answer is a good company can do both. They can, they, can have good, they can have good people making sure you do routine things routinely. At the same time, those same people can be thinking of the next uh, leap in technology that's going to make sure your company is here uh, 15 years from now and is successfully making money next year because as you know that's what is what drives a good company so it, it never has a quarter that is down and that is hard but it turns out Rick Ober understood that and he understood as I talk about in the book he understood how to make that happen you have to have motivated people because that's not an easy thing to do you know to keep doing your job well Dave and then having to learn something new at the same time it's not always an easy thing because you don't want to lose track of what you're already doing. Uh, the key to everything is the people, and, and as you know that, and, and Rick Over knew that. Good companies know that. It's always people. It's, it's never anything else. Whenever somebody walks in the door and tells you they're going to give you a system that makes it do that, then you know that that person is fooling you because it's always the people. And so the question is, how do you make this happen with people? And, and that's what Rick Over understood. All right. And the third point that you make is an extraordinary leader can see well beyond the horizon. Explain that. And from your point of view, having been a commander, 
on a submarine because you had to do that too. I do. I did, and I've seen people do it uh, to to some extent. But Rickover was extraordinary, and that's one reason I wrote the book. Uh, Rickover in 1946 with World War II just over, Rickover was out recruiting people and talking about making nuclear submarines. Now, a nuclear reactor hadn't been invented yet, much less a nuclear submarine and much less nuclear missiles. And he was recruiting people and talking about putting nuclear missiles aboard nuclear submarines and putting them out at sea. Now, this wouldn't occur for 15 years later, and yet he was recruiting people by talking about it as if it were right around the corner. Uh, those people who could do that sort of thing are really unusual. Those are those are extraordinary people. Now, what they are, those are people who are really understand their business. They are so focused on their business every day. They and they're get, visionaries, they don't you think? They're visionaries. Yes, they are. They're visionaries, and they truly are those people with, as the computer people like to say, domain knowledge real domain knowledge, and who become visionaries, right. Yeah, and they have to believe so strongly in what they're doing. That's the other thing, because I think when you're ahead of your time like that, you don't have anybody. There's no leader in front of you. So there's no proof at all that this is going to happen. You've just got to keep believing it. Yeah. You are exactly right, and uh, and you're you're just right. Yeah, I mean, I, I know I, I, I have some of that in the work that I do, and it's, it's not easy when you're in the front, although it's very exciting as well, and you have to have the right people behind you. Um, tell us some other management principles. So, for example, let's look, at, let's look at management style. You know, so many people, even though we, we talk about democratic leadership and we talk about, you know, team building, there are a lot of leaders that are not like that, that are still, um, you know, in the superior-inferior relationship. And I don't think they're as strong leaders as the ones that really work in a more team approach. So talk about that and, and um, management style. Um, Rickover was the type of person... Actually, he was an extra- one of the extraordinary things he did was Rickover was the type of person who would accept if you said he was wrong. I, I talk uh, I talk about in the book and and in a way Rickover had a patent a patent on an electrical item which he was terribly proud of, and in fact it, it's one of the failings he had because it turned out that that patent had a flaw in it and. And the interesting thing is, later on in his life, it became obvious that there was a slight, there was a flaw in this patent. And the interesting point about it is that I think is just extraordinary is when that was pointed out to him, he immediately accepted it, changed all the procedures that were written, and went on. Now, this is after he had become a four-star admiral. Most managers, mm-hmm. when identified with something that they personally are identified with, will defend it to the death, et cetera, et cetera, whereas mm-hmm. he immediately changed and publicly uh, changed his position and went on. Didn't even look back. Didn't even, didn't even spend a second looking back. 
Now, that is an aspect of leadership that's just extraordinary, and, and yes, actually I see it very uh, seldom. Most managers yeah. uh, can't do that. Right. Now, but, 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 but let's go back, go though, and analyze that. Let's say he hadn't done that, then he wouldn't have succeeded, correct? He would not have succeeded, and he would, he would have drugged the organization down. The organization would have... Well, actually, many organizations have leaders who don't do that, and the organization has to find ways to work around them, right? Yeah, Most but that drags it down. Are. True, yes, but that's... that. that you're right, you're, exactly. Yeah, all right, this is fascinating, and... Um, Really exciting. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we are talking to my guest. My guest is Rear Admiral Dave Oliver, U.S. Navy, and he's retired. His book is Against the Tide, Rickover's Leadership Principles and the Rise of the Nuclear Navy. And we're talking about the principles of of Rickover and what can we learn from them in being successful in business. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Families today face unique challenges. Marriage, parenting, and family forms have changed a lot in the last century. Family Matters with Dr. Virginia Collin will focus on building and maintaining healthy family relationships. We will discuss marriage, divorce, family mediation, parenting, lifestyles, and mental health. All kinds of family matters. Our show will feature guest experts and your participation, too. You can listen to Family Matters live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, I am talking to Rear Admiral Dave Oliver, United States Navy, retired. His book is Against the Tide. And we're talking about Hyman Rickover's leadership principles and the rise of the nuclear Navy. And this is a book about Rick Over's Leadership and Management Style, again by Rear Admiral Dave Oliver, who served under Rick Over during much of his 30-year career in the Navy. And it, it's really fascinating, and we're, we're applying 
what Rickover did to management style and why he was successful. Welcome back, Dave. Thank you, Patricia. Okay, let's talk about technology. You know, Ken, in those days, technology isn't what it is today. I mean, today it runs everything. And, you know, the average person can use it. Where in those days, I mean, you had to know it, but it was more... It was more involved in the kind of equipment and things that you use than it is in everyday life today. Yes, it really was. And, uh, and Rickover was on the forefront of this because he was trying to drive the technology to change. He was also trying to drive the school system. I don't, I don't know if you remember, but he, he, was, he was first an education person. He wrote three books on education trying to encourage the U.S., to improve the school system so mm-hmm. you get uh, people who could uh, more quickly understand, understand. the principles yeah. so they could push technology. Yeah. Both in industry and in the Navy, by the way, because he, he was pushing industry to go to better parts and better products. When, what, now, how long ago was this? This is, this is, this is in the 60s. Wow. In fact, you know one of the interesting things, and and you're not old enough, but actually I and my wife, uh, my wife and I are, because uh, we both debated the topic in 1958 that he, the the debate topic was the one he personally, uh, though the national debate topic, which had to do with should our educational system be more like Europe. See, because he was driving the the focus in education, and then as soon as Sputnik went up, uh, it really became uh, driven by him. Mm. Mm. Way, way ahead of his time. Yeah, he really was. Yeah, and so he was driving that and saying, industry has to do better so we can make better products, et cetera. Now, it drove into... The fact he wanted industry to make better products so he could make them for nuclear submarines, because I was I was engineer on the first submarine, not not the first engineer, but I was engineer also, and so I served. And you would be surprised how the technology was really not that advanced. It really was. He made it from parts from a from a bankrupt dairy and from a diesel submarine he'd torn apart from World War II and from other things. And he made it inexpensively and made President Eisenhower very pleased. But it was really not high technology. Now, the succeeding ones were, but what he was trying to do was to make them, and he needed to have high technology so he could get the reliability and safety, which is what he was focused on, because he really understood that he needed reliability and safety to guarantee to the men in the street and the women in the offices and at homes, that he could, uh, he would get, he would, he would give them safety. He knew they would not be able to understand all the technology because he was, he was requiring any man or woman who went into the program to study for a year before he would let them in the program. So that's a that's a tough uh, technology burden. But he would do what he essentially said is, trust me, and I will give you safety. And, and he's never had, there has never been a reactor accident in the entire time when he was there and subsequently. He set a high standard. Mm. And, you know, where do you think we are today? What, what, what do you see from writing this book? 
uh, that you think we really need to adopt, that maybe we're still not there? What would you say? I was I was surprised in industry that I didn't think that the the sense of accountability that uh, Rick Over had insisted on in submarines I didn't see that in the industry as much. In other words, a sense of personal accountability. I was surprised that some of the basic principles were not there. Rick Over insisted, for example, that if you if you were going to focus on something, you focused on two to three things. If you focus on two to three things, you can get those things accomplished. Hmm. I watched too many guys in the industry who said, okay, here's what we're going to focus on, and they give you a list of eight to ten to twelve things. Hmm. It's not a list of things to focus on. That's a, hmm. that's a list. That's a Christmas list or something. Hmm. I don't know what they call this. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, if you're, if you're in charge, then, you're, then if your list is longer than the fingers in one hand, you don't have a list. That's yeah, not exactly. a... Exactly. Yeah. You're right? not focusing. I mean, it's like a You're dream list or something. It's like a wish list. Yeah, yeah. it's a wish list. And, yeah. it, and I saw that again and again. And I also saw people that their goal as they got more senior was not to become more accountable. Their goal was to give them, make themselves layers away from accountable. Mm-hmm. Instead of, instead of um, going, to the scene, going to the scene of the problem and making themselves responsible, their goal was to isolate themselves from the problem and, and identify somebody else who wasn't meeting there. Yeah, and, and usually those people are higher up, right, Dave? I mean, it's like the yeah. higher you go sometimes, that's what happens. You just, yeah, just and I, have and the I, under people. And, I, people and I don't like approve that. of that, candidly. I don't think that's mm-hmm. the right way. To... I agree. And so I thought that was not good, and I thought it was time to rely to reinforce what a better way to do something. I also thought Rickover had another, he had two other things which I thought were quite good. One of which was uh, when someone would talk about someone had made a mistake once, if it were an important issue, Rickover frequently would, uh, would fire someone who made a mis- one mistake if it were something that was important. And his point was, if he said, you don't go home to the wrong house at night. Mm. And the point was, if it's important, then you do it right for me, because mm. when you are really tired, et cetera, et cetera, and you got a cold, et cetera, at night, you go home to the right house, you can remember how to find your way home, then you should remember how to do this right for me. Mm-hmm. Now, the second point was, frequently people who were not, who were not terribly sure of themselves would, would endeavor to find out what he thought was the right answer, and mm-hmm. or what, you know, what it was the right answer four years ago or something like that. And he, he would say, do what is, he, say, he would say, do what is right. And what he meant was the right answer four years ago might not be the right answer now. Technology may have changed. Culture may have changed. Something, the environment may have changed. And, and also the situation may be different. And the point of it is, don't rely on me to make your decision for it. You make the decision, and then I will judge you. Mm-hmm. But you have to do what is right. Yeah. And actually, so he, he, he didn't have a lot of tolerance a, for mistakes. I mean, he 
it sounds like. Well, you actually, I mean, you know, people made a lot of mistakes. But if it were a mistake that showed a lack of judgment or a lack of understanding of basic principles, then he did what was right. In other words, if someone didn't understand the basic principles and he had been around long enough to should, then that person shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. So... Interesting. Um, yeah, and it know. sounds like he, you know, I mean, it sounded as though he was open, but he really expected you to give it your best and give it your all. He did, and and yet he would do... I once I once sent him a, a letter. I once sent him a letter. I sent a letter via the chain of command, and, my, and one of my bosses said, you can't send this letter up, and um, for very, some various reason. And so I sent it to his home because I knew where he lived and wrote him a letter and said, if you want to kill somebody else, then ignore my letter. Mm. Sincerely, uh, very respectfully, Dave Oliver. Now, a lot of people would have fired me just for sending that letter, right? Mm-hmm. And he had had it evaluated, decided I was technically correct, and mm-hmm. had the chain of command, the guy in the chain of command, apologize to me. Now, mm-hmm. that's... And it turns out that it wasn't very smart of him because the guy who had to apologize to me, hated me for the rest of his life. But technically, he just changed. You know, he changed. It would, he didn't care. Mm-hmm. If I were technically correct, he would change. All right. We're going to have to close it at that. We could go on a lot longer, Dave. But we want to let people know how they can get the book. You can get the book at any bookstore, Amazon.com. Uh, it's, it's available anywhere. All right. Thank you so much for being on the program. And, Thank you for your time, Priscilla. Um, yeah, it was really great. Thanks a lot. Appreciate okay. it. Appreciate Bye. It. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. This closes out Patricia Rask and Positive Living right here on Voice America, America's Voice. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. And next, Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.